the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Summer, continue to enjoy your best lawn ever with Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Contact them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025 or online, LawnDoctor.com. A lot more summer ahead, plus the fall. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island, your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call for a free quote today, 401-392-1025. Find out also about keeping your family safe from ticks and mosquitoes. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Check out their website. It's LawnDoctor.com or call today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. We have made it to Friday, and local uh, controversy that I want to touch on, and I'm going to direct you uh, to, because no one else is covering it, but uh, the DePietro.com, the top story, Black Lives Matter, Rhode Island leader sides with Cuba over USA, and it's this Harrison Tuttle. And and I know a lot of times I, I don't expect everyone to keep track of who all the players are. But one is Brother Gary. But then there's this upstart. And his name is Harrison Tuttle. And he runs the Black Lives Matter, uh, Providence, Antifa chapter pack. He's also with the Socialists. And he put out on uh, social media, if the United States was actually interested in helping the Cuban people, they would end the embargo and burn down the Guantanamo Bay prison camp. Uh, he doesn't need the the it's burned down guantanamo bay prison camp the u.s has had no problem starving cuba with decades-long embargoes that pretty much the entire world minus israel condemns so he's also anti-semitic it was only one summer ago or as most people would say what last summer that the u.s had police national guards shooting rubber bullets sending people to the hospital for peacefully protesting not to mention drones and tanks all over the place but cuba is the oppressive government and does that sarcastically folks instead of the fact that it's also anti-semitic of what he writes but i'm going to refer to there's a great piece in newsweek by josh hammer so what i'm going to do is instead of me just giving my opinion i'm going to go to someone who's regarded as a neutral unbiased journalist john josh hammer newsweek and he writes i've been to cuba seeing the barons of fruit of the hellish revolutionary regime with my own eyes parts of a havana Parts of Havana are positively charming. Historic parts predate the revolution, but the majority of the city looks like it was just hit by a neutron bomb. Dilapidated buildings that like, look like they're out of Mogadishu circa 1993 are the norm. Skeleton-thin stray dogs wander the streets, while locals usually rely on government-provided scraps to get by with beer-life necessities. Havana's permanent esplanade along the water is naturally beautiful. It's easy to see why, he writes, Ernest Hemingway fell in love with when he wrote The Old Man in the Sea. But instead of sparkling five-star resorts dotting the landscape, there's rubble and desolation as far as the eye can see. Cubans also lack the most rudimentary of civil liberties. The regime's internal security service is a thuggish brown-shirt militia that beats and subjugates perceived enemies, all without basic procedural norms, such as due process of law. The Internet, which is pathetically slow, constantly surveilled by Politburo lackeys. Every time a Cuban steps out on the street to complain to a compatriot about the struggles of daily life's general hopelessness at life advancement, he's under threat of being watched and spied upon. These are the people that Black Lives Matter Rhode Island is standing with. Leftist girl, it girl, Representative AOC, Alexandria Orcasey-Cortez, instead initially opted for deafening silence, but the Democrat Socialists of America, of which AOC is a member, forthrightly tweeted that it, it stands with the Cuban people and their revolution in this moment of unrest. Black Lives Matter, apparently not content with the $1 billion to $2 billion in paid insurance claims from last summer's riots that helped spawn condemn the U.S. for, quote, trying to crush this revolution for decades, that a large portion of Cuba's tyrannized populace is itself black, appears to have crossed BLM's minds, or not have crossed their minds, excuse me. As Jeffrey Scott Shapiro, former director of U.S. Office of Cuba Broadcasting, detailed in a February op-ed at Newsweek, 
the Cuban regime is to this date an unmitigated totalitarian disaster. Doctors who have tried to escape the island have often faced persecution and harsh punishment. In other incidents, dissidents in desperate need of medical attention, including cancer treatment, have been denied proper medical care simply because of their political activities. And these are the people. This is the regime that Black Lives Matter is backing. Now, Black Lives Matter on a national basis, they put out a statement. They condemn the U.S. federal government's inhumane treatment of Cubans, urge it to immediately lift the economic embargo. Notice nothing about the fact that the regime, in their treatment of the Cuban people, this is cruel, inhumane policy instituted with the explicit intention of destabilizing the country, undermining Cubans' right to choose their own government. Does anyone really think they chose this form of government? Are they actually implying that the Cuban people like living this way, where the most valuable commodity is is uh, Imodium and Pepto-Bisbal because they have such dysentery problems from bad water? And you have constant day-in, day-out diarrhea. Try living like that, how unhealthy that is. Since 1962, this goes back to Black Lives Matter. The United States has forced pain and suffering on the people of Cuba, cutting off food, medicine, supplies, costing the tiny, tiny island nation an estimated $130 billion. Without that money, it's harder for Cuba to acquire medical equipment. Oh, yeah, like we're all at fault. This comes in spite of the country's strong medical care and history of lending doctors and nurses to disasters around the world. Yeah, but then they always have to go back, don't they? You know, Black Lives Matter, I believe, all the people that defend Black Lives Matter need to defend these statements because they are actually side. This is treason. They're siding with Cuba over the United States. Even President Biden has come out and said that they have failed. Black Lives Matter statement again. The people of Cuba are being punished by the U.S. government because the country has maintained its commitment to sovereignty and self-determination. U.S. leaders have tried to crush this revolution for decades. Actually, the, the, the real word that should be used is free. Try to free the people that are basically prisoners there. The U.S. government has only instigated suffering for the country's 11 million people, of which 4 million are black and brown. Cuba has historically demonstrated solidarity with oppressed people of African descent, protecting black revolutionaries, granting them asylum, supporting black liberation struggles, Angola, Guinea, and South Africa. You know, it, it's so pathetic, folks. It is just so pathetic. But again, I think it's a turning point because right up until now, let's just look in the last two weeks alone, Black Lives Matter Rhode Island, they have sided with the rise of the Moors, these uh, people that, thank God, they're still in jail right now, who say, oh, no, we're, even though we, we live, we were born in Pawtucket, we were born in Providence, we're actually citizens of Morocco, and we're Moorish people, and your Rhode Island uh, laws, American laws, don't apply to us. So we don't, we don't follow. We don't have to have follow. We don't pay taxes. We don't have a uh, driver's license. We don't... No, we don't do anything like that because we're not, you know, it, it's just absolute foolishness is what it is. So, but that and on also, it should, it should be noted, Black Lives Matter siding with Cuba over the United States. Again, that's, that's no, that's nothing small. That's something that needs to be highlighted without question. And I don't mean that in a positive way. So... But, but people need to, they need to start to answer questions. Now, part of it, listen, you could easily just say that they are, in fact, that they, you know, they're misguided, they're uneducated. I mean, we could easily say all of those things. But, but the real answer, the real answer is they should be held accountable. And notice for the anti-Semitic talk, with the exception of Israel. So, and there's a, you know, there's a reason why they point out something like that. Hey, folks, again, it's John DePietro. Hey, I also want to bring your attention to there's going to be a great trip coming up. Coming up in September, I would love you to come along with me. Patriots Jets. It's in New York, September 18th, 19th. Alan Hockman Tours. Right now, round-trip motor coach transportation. Saturday, spend the day in New York City. One-night hotel in New Jersey. Tickets full professional tailgate party. 
Contact Alan Hockman Tours today. Patriots, Jets, in New York. So comfortable. Great trip. 401-274-TRIP. 401-274-TRIP. Or online at 274trip.com. Alan Hockman, join me. I'm going on the trip. This is going to be a really fun time. Patriots, Jets, in New York. It's coming up September 18th and 19th. Come on, let's get out. Let's live a little bit after this pandemic. Call Alan Hockman Tours today to find out more. 401-274-TRIP or 274-8747. 274-TRIP.com. Patriots, Jets. September 18th, 19th in New York. We're going on a road trip. You're invited. Don't say you weren't invited. You're invited. Call today. Reserve your space. 401-274-TRIP. 401-274-8747 or online at at, uh, 274trip.com. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508 508- 336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. This summer, let J.K.L. Engineering keep you and your family nice and cool. J.K.L. Engineering, call them today, 401-351-7600. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. J.K.L., it's going to be a hot summer ahead. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available. Remember, with J.K.L., 54 years in business, reputation is second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. J.K.L. is an approved National Grid VPI installer. They're also a Navian certified factory dealer. Call J.K.L. for a system replacement, oil to gas for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available this summer. Call J.K.L. Engineering right now. Remember, they do it right. They do it right the first time. They'll keep you and your family or your employees nice and cool. Call J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Remember, J.K.L. Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, a carrier factory authorized dealer. It's J.K.L. Call them 401-351-7600. This summer, stay nice and cool with J.K.L. Engineering. 401-351-7600 listening to the john DePietro show joining us right now well he is the senior white house reporter for the wall street journal fascinating new book frankly we did win this election the inside story how trump lost we want to welcome to the program and it's michael bender michael it's john DePietro. congratulations on the book thank you so much john thanks for having me very um 
uh, anxious to hear about, especially, you know, normally I say I read the book, and normally I do read the book, but I, I got it late, so I'll just be completely honest. I didn't finish it. I started to go through it, just so you know. So some of my questions may be like, it sounds like he didn't read the book. But could you, um, I'm really interested about the um, the part of the book you touch on is as far as Brad Parscale's and just everything surrounding him uh, basically leaving the campaign. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 Brad is um, has never been part of any campaign uh, until 2016 when he's, uh, he, he basically starts up building the website and ends the race as the as the data director, which is uh, a huge role in any campaign um, in the modern uh, in the modern era now. And then is put in charge of everything. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, and, and and probably you know doesn't deserve to be in a in a, in a senior role in any presidential campaign, uh, given his experience. But in a weird way, for a, a candidate like Trump, he's he's almost the perfect campaign manager they're on the he and trump have a very similar take on 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 media and promotion and pr uh and 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 brad leans into the idea as trump did in 2016 that that branding is kind of its own um uh uh engine for momentum and energy and fundraising and so he basically builds um an advertising company uh you know in lieu of a campaign um, and in process becomes very close with, with the Trump family, views himself, uh, which is, becomes a fatal error, um, as another, one of, uh, another Trump kid, becomes very, very close with, with uh, Eric and Lara uh, and Jared. But at the end of the day, um, there's a very clear line um, between family and staff. And none, you know, no more, no more so than in Trump, in Trump world, and in the in the Trump orbit. And when it, you know, and when the sort of rubber hits the, hits the road here, and they have to make a decision, and things you know, they, they, they kind of face with a choice. The president's faced with a choice. He can he can recalibrate his message. He can start to show more discipline. This is a summer of 2020 um, when you know COVID's hitting and his and his the economy's tanked, and he he needs to uh, readjust. So he can either do that himself and readjust his message, or shake up the campaign. And as uh, and as Jared was telling people, this is detail in the book. Um, around that time, you know, Jared knows what's going to happen. You know, the, and the president's not going to put the blame on himself. He's not going to take that responsibility himself. So it's going to fall to him to shake up the campaign. And and Brad is the one who uh, who gets knifed here. And it was a it was a devastating moment for Brad. He um, he just did not see it coming, and never thought that he would be. Um, uh, handled really as coldly as as it was. It was uh, Jared showed up in the office and said, "This is it. You're you're not going to be back in your old job uh, as data director. We're going to put someone else in charge of the campaign." And it was um, it, it, it took it, it took Brett a long, long time to recover from that. You know, the last time I saw him was the night before the uh, New Hampshire primary. I covered the rally they had in Nashville, Michael, and and as you know, Brett, he's so tall. He was taking photos. He had gone beyond, you know, just someone. Most of the time, people have no idea who the campaign people are. He was like almost like a celebrity in his outright. He was loving it. I had a chance to talk to him very briefly, and he was like, "Ah, this is in the bag." We got this was February, right before the pandemic hit. But who is it? Can you touch on it? And you talk about this in the book. And folks, again, we're speaking with Michael Bender. Uh, Wall Street Journal also has this new book out, and it's fantastic. Frankly, we did win this election how um who his replacement was and how that came about uh you're talking about bill stepien yes yeah so this is um uh it's it's another uh it was really fun part to uh report for me on the book it's something that um i really didn't realize in in real time was was how much of a new jersey connection there was for trump world Hmm. i'm talking you know chris christie is a character throughout yep um you know, and Kellyanne Conway's from New Jersey. Michael Glasner, a name probably not a lot of people know, but was in charge of the rallies, is a is a is a New Jersey guy. And um, they had put at the end of the race another New Jerseyite in front and in, in charge of the campaign, Bill Stepien. And um, you know, this I think is a is is a is a fatal error for Trump. Not not Stepien himself, um, but that they, they he changes directions. 
All right, folks, we're speaking with uh, Michael Bender, and um, and we're fo- folks, we're speaking with Michael Bender again. His new book, frankly, we did win the election. Michael, pick it up right from there about uh, Bill Stepien. Yeah, so the, the, uh, a fatal ear here is, is is really like where they um, change Brad for Bill, and and not that Bill is incapable, but that Brad, as I mentioned, uh, for scale had built an, an advertising firm essentially for the for the camp for the re-election campaign and and bill is not is not that type bill is more of an accountant um and and, and a nuts and bolts and numbers guy so it was um it took stepian and his crew uh weeks if not months to really understand what 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 Parscale had was trying to do or and 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 readjust and you know Parscale had made decisions that that Stepien would not have, and he tried to unwind that. And what ended up happening is, in the final weeks of the campaign, the final couple months of the race, uh, Stepien is rebuilding the entire data operation. Hmm. He restructures the entire polling operation, uh, and these these things take time and energy. Um, and and there is, and it was shocking for me reporting this um, that this was a campaign. It was a two billion dollar operation. It'd been up and running for three years. And they were doing only getting around to some of the metrics um, in, the, in the final weeks that they should have been doing uh, in the opening weeks. And and who was the person that he did in fact offer the job to before he he gave it to Bill? Because I thought Bill was a Hannity guy that was brought in from Fox. No, no, Bill's a Chris Christie guy. Bill oh, Chris is, Christie um, guy. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. Bill was, um, and not really even a Chris Christie guy. This is another kind of fascinating angle. He was. He ran Chris Christie's campaigns in New Jersey, uh, the the election and the re-election, which were big wins for Christie and the, and the Republican Party there. Hmm. But Bill had a key role in the Bridgegate saga. Oh, wow. And Christie blamed him for not, for not telling Christie what was going on in real time. And their relationship breaks. They don't talk to each other for years. <clears throat> and then what ends up happening is that Stephanie finds his way to Trump world. Christie has known trump for year decades right so there would be moments where their you know, bill went to work initially in the white house after the 2016 years there are moments in the white house here where christie's coming out of the oval office stepian's going in hmm. and the, the two men you know won't even look at each other wow uh, yeah the, the trump world in a, in a nutshell there um but no this is uh um you know the 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 summer of 2020 where, where trump wants to replace brad he offers the, the job to Bannon, Steve Bannon, Bannon. Wow, really? Won't, yeah. Wow. Well, that, you know, it doesn't get to a formal uh, offer. But, but still. But, but he wants to bring Bannon back in to, to, to talk about the job um, and, and sends word, this is, this is a, as I see in the book, send, wants to send word to Bannon that he'll, he'll, he'll take the meeting only after Bannon goes on TV and says uh, how much he would love the job. And if he does that, then he could come in and, and they can, you know, they can talk about the specifics. And Bannon, having gone through this several times before already, just says, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, also in the book, he offers a job to Ronna McDaniel, who's in charge of the Republican Party, the Republican Party chairwoman. Wow. I don't even know how that would even work. <laughs> but uh, Ronna also turns him down. Folks, again, we're speaking with Michael Bender, who his new book, Frankly, We Did Win This Election, The Inside Story, How... Trump lost. Hey, Michael, just touch on also the uh, the title because that is the uh, the line that he delivered that just you know the place erupted as he was uh, giving the speech and I think kind of set the tone that they were not going to go quietly into the night. How did you settle on that as the title? Uh, you know, it was for me. It just sort of uh, encapsulated. Uh, you know the the, the the sort of dichotomy of Trump Trump and Trump world here. I mean, he he, he blurts that unscripted line out um, <laughs> on election night when not only had he not won, but we didn't know who won. Right. And um, <laughs> you know, it's an example of Trump trying to impose reality, his own reality, uh, on the situation. And you know, it really does sort of get to explain on, on how uh, something like January sixth happens. Um, you know, and then the you know. It's sort of the subtitle, but I kind of think of it all as one title, you know, how he lost. Because 
he did lose, and it's important to be very frank and clear about that. You know what is uh, very interesting? And again, folks, the book is, frankly, we did win this election. Inside Story, How Trump Lost by Michael Bender. Michael, the, the, the president, President Trump at the time seemed, as you write, insistent. He, he was positive that the Democrats were going to pull a fast one, and somehow Joe Biden was not going to be the nominee. I, that is incredible. Yeah, I mean, there's so much infighting around Trump uh, over everything. My God, and and especially over Biden, not whether uh, whether to attack him, when to attack him, how early to attack him, what to attack him over. Um, and and some of it's, I think, some of it's legitimate. You know, the sort of normal, you know, back and forth between political advisors that that, that usually happens. Um, and uh, some of it's personal. These personal rivalries that have been um, simmering for years and years. And trying to get a one-up over Trump, and, and he's and he's not well served by it, um, and it, and it creates a situation where he, he Trump convinces himself that that Biden is going to be somehow replaced on the Democratic ticket, which is, uh, you know, I, I hesitate to even call it a conspiracy theory because I I, I haven't heard that anywhere else. It just sort of cre- you know this theory that kind of creates itself out of nowhere um, that uh, you know that some people around him were not willing to. Uh, we're not willing to say was 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 nuts, right? And what, what happens? Like, how do I find out about it? The the, the head pollster, the chief pollster, I, I someone leaked me a memo in which uh, the chief pollster of the campaign has to use a page and a half of a three page memo in the middle of the race to walk through the math about why Biden is in fact the nominee, why in fact he's not going to have it stolen. And why that's, uh, you know, the, you know that it's nonsense. And again, folks, the book is what a great summer read. Frankly, we did win this election by Michael Bender. Michael, before I let you go, I've interviewed her before, Rona McDaniel, but another part of the book you write about this, uh, and I remember it being in the news, but, you know, then you'd never know the behind the scenes, but sounds like it was a complete blowout between Jared Kushner and Rona McDaniel with the Republican National Committee chairwoman. Yeah, again, this is one of these one of the dynamics that, uh, that is sort of simmering underneath Trump the whole time, uh, and this is over a fight about uh, some some exclusive software to raise money for the, for Republican candidates. Basically, the Republican version of Act Blue, right? Um, and uh, Jared wants to build the software himself, and and McDaniel, Ron McDaniel, wants it to be a, a, a unit of the Republican Party, a, you know, in, a, an asset of the party. That can go on to, uh, uh, you know, help Republican candidates and, and, and party into the future, and and it, it, it comes to a boil when, when when Jared tells her, you know, I don't give an f about the Republican Party, <laughs> and Rana's response, well, that that's that's good for me to know, and and decides to run for re-election of the party, you know, in, based in part uh, on her concern about what what you know what Jared is going to do with a. You know, with these assets that are, um, you know, crucial for the for the party in its future. One final question before I let you go. I know you yeah. get asked this all the time, but do you do you think he's going to run again in twenty four? Does he know? Uh, you know, how, how when do you think you'll know, or that the general public yeah. will know if it's real? Yeah, I think. Yeah, well, I, what I do know is that his advisors are telling him um, that he needs to wait until at least after twenty twenty two. Yeah. In part because it, it you know it doesn't make really much sense either way to announce a decision now. Right. And um, he does. Um, he's pretty invested in those midterm elections, right? He's made a, a couple dozen endorsements. That's uh, right. All the way from U.S. Senate to Staten Island Borough President, and some of them are Republican primaries where he's backing the challenger, which is no easy task even for a popular uh, former president within the party. Um, so he's got to see how that plays out. That'll be important data points for him, um, you know. And the and what those data points are going to be about how Republicans have a, a choice here in twenty two, and it's whether or not to redefine the party post Trump. And I got I, I don't know what that choice is going to be, but I do know that this book uh, provides them with the, the information and and the data points where they are going into that into these elections into this uh, choice. Um, with, with their eyes wide open. One final, final question. Last summer and then into the fall, as you were involved with this with the day-to-day, did, was it, did, did it occur to you then that this was just like a once-in-a-lifetime moment that you were 
covering a campaign that was literally, I mean, the ups and downs every single day. And when you think about it and look back at just how exhausting that was and just the amount of time it was consuming and it's one thing after another, was it, were you aware of that in the moment? You mean in 2020 or? In 2020. Yeah. Oh, I mean, 100%, right? Like it's, there's never been. I've been I've been in journalism for, for for two dozen years. I worked in newspapers in Ohio and Colorado and Florida before I got to Washington. I've never covered anyone like Donald Trump. There will never be. There's never been a political story like Donald Trump. Period in my lifetime. And then um, uh, to throw a uh, you know a once in a hundred year pandemic, <laughs> uh, race riots from you know and a racial tensions that rivaled the nineteen sixties and seventies, an economic collapse that that rivaled the the Great Depression, like all these major moments in the U.S. history, all <laughs> happening in one year. Um, and uh, and I decided to write a book in the middle of all of it. Um, yeah, it was it was. Ex- I, I saw a lot of them. Uh, 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 and they helped me quite a bit in, in a time where everybody uh, had their routines upended uh, and their, 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 everyone's stress levels were higher. Um, and uh, I was very, very lucky to, um, you know, have that kind of support and uh, the, the willingness from, from my family to, to, to shoulder even more burden than they were already carrying. Folks, again, the book, Frankly, We Did Win This Election, The Inside Story, How Trump Lost. It's Michael Bender. Michael, again. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 321-2799 that's 401-321-2799 or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com Calvino call for a free consultation today 401-785-9400 or online fightbackcalljack.com were you or a friend or a member of your family in an auto accident motorcycle accident slip and fall workplace injury fight back Call Jack, free consultation, 401-785-9400. 50 years personal injury law experience and his office, 100 years combined total with the staff. Fight back. Call Jack, 401-785-9400. It would be great if you were in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall workplace injury, and the other person's insurance company offered to compensate you what they should but it doesn't happen that way. You need a fighter. Fight back. Call Jack. Free consultation. 401-785-9400. Jack Calvino. 401-785-9400. Or online, fightbackcalljack.com. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Joining us right now, she is the Northeast Regional Communications Director of Republican National Committee. We've spoken in the past. She is just terrific. It is our friend Rachel Lee. Rachel, good morning. And if it's uh, if it's not my imagination, my goodness, I can't believe how much prices are rising every time you either go shopping or at the gas pump. That's exactly right, John. And um, what we're seeing, you know, I 
I'm sure you have seen this, but nearly 50% of small businesses have now been forced to raise their prices. So um, this isn't just, you know, when you're getting gas, this is when you're going to get lunch with your family um, or going to stop in at that store on Main Street. And and can you t- touch, what exactly is behind this? How is it so dramatic, uh, the Biden administration? I mean, we're only six months into this. And what what is causing this? You know, you make a good point. We are only six months into this, unfortunately. Um, and then to see the consequences already, because the fact of the matter is that with Biden and Harris in the White House, the money in your pocket is already drastically worth less, and it's continuing to do so on a day-to-day basis. Um, inflation is just continuing to rise, and um, we are seeing this affect um, just all the way down, uh, trickling throughout the economy. Um, and, and this comes as a result of him dumping $1.9 trillion into the economy already, and he is now pressuring Congress, of course, to continue to pass trillions more. Um, the end truly is not in sight. This is not something that is a sustainable pace, and we'll be seeing the consequences of this certainly far down the road. And Rachel, here's the thing. It, it's one thing if it's temporary, but it, it, it's starting to seem as if th- this is the new way it's going to be. This is how high prices are going to be. You know, unfortunately, I, I think that's right. And um, at this point, we are seeing not not just the rise in prices, um, and the rise in inflation, but this is coming on top of, you have to look at the bigger picture here. This is coming on top of the June jobs report where this was the second time in recovery that it actually, uh, we saw a spike in unemployment. And so unemployment went up in the United States of America in the month of June, and it's up to 5.9%. Um, and that's just something that is not a trend we should be looking to see. Um, we have businesses that are struggling to hire employees. Um, Biden's policies are, quite frankly, paying Americans to stay home more than if they were at work. And, um, you know, this recovery is just being completely squandered by the Biden administration as we see rises, uh, sorry, prices continue to rise and inflation go up. Folks, again, we're speaking with Rachel Lee, Northeast Regional Communications Director for the Republican uh, National Committee. And Rachel, on top of that, now he's still hell bent on all this spending, I mean, at some point, is all this money, it just it seems to be thrown around and wasted, and he is just addicted to these huge, huge, massive spending projects. That's right. And, um, you know, that's coming at the cost of a $3 trillion tax hike. Um, when you're looking at spending $6 trillion, uh, I, I mean, it's not shocking that we're seeing the way this is affecting people. Um, but clearly, you know, they've made all sorts of promises that not only can they not really realistically keep, but Biden and Harris can't pay for them either. And so um, it's not just America's small businesses today. It's not just parents and families today and workers paying the price. It's our children and our grandchildren who will be paying these for years to come. Um, and this is something that, you know, America was not built on. We we have um, small businesses that have been proud to keep their doors open and have been able to manage throughout the pandemic. And there was, you know, necessary steps that were needed to be taken for them um, throughout this last year. But now that people are given the chance to succeed, let's let them go ahead and be successful. Um, our government government does not need to continue increasing its footprint um, in our day to day lives. Folks, again, uh, we're speaking with Rachel Lee. It's the John DePietro show. And Rachel, not only that, but you know, people are talking about they want, uh, you know, more affordable housing, but the price of, of lumber is is massive. And there were certain things during the course of the pandemic that uh, just spurred on different things that continue to cause high prices. You also touched on something. You know, the worker shortage is real. And if you're a business owner, not only are things so much more expensive that you have to buy to stay open, you, you still don't have the proper workforce in order to keep pace with your competitors. That's right. And, you know, I travel the Northeast and I will say it's, it's not just, um, I think sometimes people may think this is something they're seeing in their, in their hometown. Um, but you know, I've been out on the road a lot lately and I will tell you town after town, city after city, state after state, we're seeing worker shortages across America. This isn't just something that, um, you're hearing, um, from, folks like you and me, I, I mean, we're seeing this in real life and it's affecting these small businesses. It's really hard for them 
to make a recovery when they can't keep their doors open, um, merely due to the fact that they don't have employees. And so uh, Biden and Harris are truly pulling the rug out from these small businesses, um, just turn after turn, as we see the worker shortage, as we see the demand for increased prices, um, and these tax hikes that they're just not giving us a break on. And so these policies aren't slowing down. They're continuing to do this to the American people. And um, it's scary to think what's ahead. And what are the what do you see as the priorities for the Biden-Harris administration? They don't seem concerned about it. They don't seem concerned about all the spending. They don't seem concerned about the massive inflation that we're starting to see. Um, what what exactly is is their plan of how they're going to combat this? You know, I'm glad that you brought that up, John. Um, you may have seen this clip. In fact, I'm sure you have. The vice president said yesterday, and this is a direct quote, uh, Every month, American families need to buy groceries and gas to pay for rent or homeowners insurance, utilities, and car loans. And even if they have enough to make ends meet, it often just barely is enough. Um, so it's interesting that they're making this observation. Clearly, Harris um, was accidentally making the case as to why these rising prices are so devastating for American families. Um, the national the median national rent went up 9.2% in the first six months of this year. Um, so, you know, you were talking about lumber going up, so not just the cost of building homes, but we're looking at the cost of if, you, if you're renting um, an apartment, if you're renting elsewhere, that is going up. And so we see the administration acknowledging that the American uh, family right now is dealt a difficult hand of cards and yet they're doing absolutely nothing to help them they're merely grandstanding and gaslighting the american people at every turn as they continue these political tours across the country um touting policies that are just hurting american workers and families folks she is the northeast regional communications director of the republican national committee it's rachel lee for all your tree needs call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln, it's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401-439-6028. Fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist. Yankee Tree Service, they provide various tree services, including tree removal, pruning, land clearing, stump grinding, and bobcat service. Check out their website, yankeetreeservice.com. Whether it's for tree removal, or stump grinding. Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree. Emergency service or bucket truck service. They'll get up in the bucket. Call Yankee Tree Service today for a free quote, 401 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com. Back in 2017, you had expressed concerns about the membership of the All-White Bailey's Beach Club, said that you hoped it would become more diverse. Now, your family's been members. Your wife is one of the largest shareholders. Has there been any traction in that? Are there any minority members of the club now? I think the people who are running the place are still working on that. I'm sorry it hasn't happened yet. Blaming all on his ribs for a blue-blooded snood. His birth was a black tie affair. It's all who you know. Like Claus von Bülow, he just likes to be seen everywhere. He leads a privileged life with a white privileged wife. At Bailey's, they like their champagne. Life on Bellevue in a state that is blue <laughs> You'll never hear Sheldon complain He likes clubs with white faces With lead waspy crowds Where for decades kept the Jews away And BLF cannot stay Well, he's not big Diverse faces, Bailey's Beach Club is his oasis. Sheldon likes the clubs with white faces. Oh, yeah. 
Do you have concerns in 2021? I mean, obviously it's been four years. You have remarks on the floor following the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd saying, you know, hoping to root out systemic racism in the country. Your thoughts on an elite, all-white, wealthy club again in this day and age. Should these clubs continue to exist? It's a long tradition in Rhode Island, and there are many of them. in an accident someone hits your vehicle it's damaged in some way pick up the phone and call west fountain auto body 401-272-3340 they're located 400 west fountain street in providence folks as you're riding along you just never know you could de be dealing with a drunk driver someone not paying attention how about the people texting and driving if you ever damage your vehicle call west fountain auto body 401-272 3340 several reasons one they'll handle everything for you two they're going to work for you not the insurance company and three they'll make your car it'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom west fountain auto body call them 401-272-3340 did someone damage your vehicle whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle west fountain will restore your vehicle get it back on the road call them today 401 272-3340 and remember if you're having an accident first thing you want to do call the police fill out a police report if the tow truck shows up tell them let's get this vehicle over to west fountain 401-272-3340 listening to the john DePietro show am 1380 99.9 .9 fm huge win in the supreme court on this case out of pennsylvania joining us right now from the pacific legal uh the 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 firm and also the co-author of the amicus brief it is daniel ortner daniel it's uh john DePietro. thank you for joining us and congratulations on this uh landmark victory hey john thanks so much uh, it really is a big win for free speech at the u.s supreme court so really exciting decision take us if you wouldn't mind the pacific legal foundation filed an amicus brief in this case this folks has to do with the the case of the high school sophomore. Can you walk us through the case a little bit? Yeah, so this is a uh, case involving, as you mentioned, a high school sophomore who was a cheerleader who didn't make the varsity squad and was very upset. So she, as teenagers are, uh, tend to do, went on Snapchat, uh, went to a store, a convenience store and uh, with a friend and went on, a sna on Snapchat and made a snap where she said, you know, F school, F cheer, F everything uh, with uh, gesture appropriate gestures to go with that um, that was meant to disappear in 24 hours but uh, another student saw it and brought it to uh, the coaches of the, the uh, cheerleading squad they got mad and uh, uh, suspended her from the JV team for the rest of the year uh, so she sued uh, arguing that her first amendment rights were violated and ultimately the Supreme Court agreed with her that the uh, school was not allowed to punish her for this off-campus uh, snap that she made did it did it matter that and a lot of people may not be familiar with snapchat but the whole business of snapchat is it it, it doesn't stay it's temporary did yeah. did that have to factor would this have been different if it had been on a traditional social media if she had posted this on on uh, instagram or facebook yeah, you know, it, it's hard to say for sure with this. I mean, the Supreme Court decision basically sa suggested that probably not. It probably would have come out the same way uh, because you're still off campus. You're still uh, engaging in speech that's removed from the school. Um, so the Supreme Court basically said uh, most of the time, most speech off campus will not be uh, punishable by the school with maybe some exceptions, uh, some exceptions for harassment, for bullying, for conduct that's really directed at disrupting the school. But they said most off-campus speech is not in the domain of the school. It's in the domain of the parents, it's in the domain of the student, but not the domain of the school. Now, I recognize some people may not understand the ramifications of this, but, you know, she was, in fact, you know, obviously got in trouble with, with the parents, certainly got in trouble with, with the school. Does she have any way to now take any type of action against the school for their actions? Well, so now, I mean, this, uh, I, I believe that she, I mean, the lawsuit was about um, her right, uh, the school, you know, that the, the school is wrong to punish her. I don't know in this particular case if she's also seeking some kind of damages. Uh, it's usually difficult to seek damages because of qualified immunity. So she probably is not able to seek damages in this case. Uh, probably just able to get the, uh, you know, an order from the court saying to the school, you have to 
not you know reinstate her, not punish her for her actions. So it's really forward-looking, and it really will benefit future students because this student's already uh, pretty much done. I mean, uh, done uh, with school, obviously not looking to be on the, the uh, cheerleading squad anymore. So it's really for future students that this will have uh, major uh, benefits. Folks, again, we're speaking with Daniel Ortner, who's with the Pacific Legal Foundation. Daniel, what was it about this case that drew the interest of the Pacific Legal Foundation? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a really important First Amendment case. Uh, I mean, we are all on social media all the time, and if everything we say is used against us, uh, brought brought against us, um, that is really dangerous, really stifling for free speech. So I think there's there's that concern, and there's the concern here that you know what happens is the most sensitive people get offended and uh, react to it, and you know in this case even bring that you know it's, we call it a snitch culture in our amicus brief. They find things people said that upset them, they bring it to the attention of the school. So that culture is really dangerous for free speech because free speech is about difficult ideas, unpopular ideas, having room to ex- be expressed. And the culture we're developing uh, with canceling uh, people for uh, you know the, anything they said in the past that's controversial is really damaging to, uh, to the, the values of the First Amendment. And so that's really what drew us to this case. Uh, and it's an important U.S. Supreme Court case on, on student speech. They haven't spoken on this topic in decades, and it's a really big win uh, for students. So we're, you know, this case attracted us for that reason as well. You know, Daniel, it's also an interesting case because, you know, years ago, there was no such thing as Snapchat. So it is new and developing, and the courts and the schools and everyone needs to keep up on the fact of she whether the, the school may not have liked it, but she absolutely had the right to express yeah. her views on that on that medium platform. Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the implications of, of a decision going the other way are really uh, scary, I think, which is that students 24-7 are subject to school discipline for anything they say because everyone's on social media all the time now. So anything you say uh, could result in discipline, and so it would be constantly censoring yourself, worrying about what the school's going to do, and that's not healthy for, for teenagers who need, to, need outlets to express themselves. Uh, it's not healthy for free speech. You know, uh, the Supreme Court said something that I really liked, which is that schools are meant to be inc- incubators of democracy. They're meant to teach students about freedom and the First Amendment and the right to free speech. And so if schools are always in the mode of punishing speech, um, that doesn't teach students about the importance of free speech and, and respecting the viewpoint of others. Folks, again, he is with Pacific Legal uh, Foundation. It's Daniel Ortner. J. Perry Paving. Always provides high-quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Residential, commercial, seal-coating patios. Get your driveway paved. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal-coating patios, and general masonry projects. J. Perry Paving. They offer free estimates. Call them today at 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. It's J. Perry Paving. Get your driveway paved. And if you're a veteran, no one has a better package for veterans than J. Perry Paving. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, J. Perry Paving has your back. Check out the benefits of investing in asphalt paving. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote today. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving, a licensed insured contracting company. They will meet your needs no matter how big or how small. And no one treats veterans better than J. Perry Paving. Call them today, 401 401- 732-1730-401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving.